This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tuition free college. Sounds great, right? Well, then why is there so much controversy around it? What is really going on with the Excelsior program? It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. The focus of this podcast, the reason why people take time to listen every week, is because they want to own their finances. They don't want their finances to own them. Hopefully, you feel the same way. You join us every Friday to increase your financial IQ. And there isn't just one person who has all the answers. That's why we invite a variety of experts so we can learn from each one. This week, we cash in with the expert, Paul Selich from College Assistance Plus, collegeassistanceplus.com. Thanks for joining us. Sandy, great to be here with you. Okay, so before we get to the real facts about free tuition, the free tuition program, financially speaking, we crave knowledge. We want to learn from our experts who come in. Is there a lesson that we can take away from your years of experience? I work for 15 different companies, so I've had a lot of different opportunities uh, in my career. And one of the things I learned is that uh, it, it's it's important to try to, as much as you can, uh, have a vision for where you want your career to go. Okay. And when I got involved in the two colleges where my sons attended, I found from a board, a college board perspective that there wasn't a lot of thought given to how much families were really paying for college. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my sons went to school, it was in the, the 80s and 90s. And, and colleges were much less expensive than that. When I started this business 13 years ago, that the local colleges were $20,000 a year. Now they're pushing 50, and in some cases, 60 and 70. A so year. the numbers in 13 years have just exploded. Yeah. And it's all being done with borrowed money. So that's, uh, you know, that all reflected back on my experience in sales and marketing and how I perceive business models and what people were really concerned about. You know, yeah. there's an old saying in business, don't start a business unless there's a problem. If you can solve a problem for people, they'll, they'll come to you. Uh, and that's what we, I think we've really uh, fallen into here with College Assistance Plus. People don't know how to pay for college, period. But I think one of the most important things I learned, because I work for a lot of large corporations, yeah. IBM, Frontier, MCI, Burroughs. Uh, Sykes when it was here in Rochester, is that if you have the right people, nothing else matters. If you don't have the right people, nothing else matters. And in my uh, experience with corporations, a lot of people spend a lot of time managing things besides people and recruiting and retaining the right people. Mm -hmm. And that's the key of any any good business. So I, I learned to focus on that early on. Now I've my experience has been in managing sales organizations, yeah. but it's true in any in any uh, discipline. You need the right people. I think the two critical ingredients for success in business are uh, people skills, the mm-hmm. interaction with people, and your ability to communicate effectively uh, verbally. People don't communicate well today. They really don't. Yeah, uh, they, think, they think that Facebook is a friend, a real friend. Social media contacts mm-hmm. are real. And that's, a, that's hurt us a lot, I think, in, yeah. in the uh, environment and culture. All right, the big headline, New York makes tuition free for middle-class students for both two- and four-year public colleges. That's the big headline. That is the big question mark. We're all wondering, wait a minute, is this a good thing or not? First, let's run through some statistics here. College debt. Well, there's right now there's $1.4 trillion in student loans. Now, that's just government loans. 
That doesn't take into consideration home equity lines of credit is that or private loans. In, in total, total, in total, there's $1.4 trillion wow. in student loans for uh, loan lended through the lent through the government. But that's wow. not home equity lines of credit or private loans. If you if you uh, add all those numbers up, it's probably close to $3 trillion. This is huge. And that- it allows the colleges to raise their prices every year because people don't look at it as real debt. You know, Sandy, if you have a mortgage, you take out a mortgage, you got to start paying it the next day or a car payment. Yeah. That's not the way it is with college loans. It's all deferred till after you graduate. So it's a problem because, you you know, people don't look at it as real debt. Who is really making money from the interest on this debt? Well, the government last year made $68 billion in interest. Wow. It's it's a real issue. There, there's 44 uh, million people in, in the United States. Now, remember, we're only 300 million, right? Or so. 44 million have student loans. Wow. And, and what is the and, average? What, what's the average Well, in New loan? York State, the average student loan is forty-two, uh, $42,000. So the average student in New York State, public or private college, graduates with 42000 uh, in student loans. It almost sounds comical, like you just made that up. Well, well it, but, but you know, we were talking earlier. Stories are really important here. I mean, yes. personal personal anecdotes, okay. right? So let's take that $41,000 and bring it down to where the rubber meets the road. So you graduate with 41000 You marry somebody with 41000 You have $82,000. Here's where the ramifications come into play. I was speaking to some realtors uh, recently. They said in 2007, the average first-time home buyer in Rochester, New York, was 23.6 years of age. Today, it's 29.3 years of age. Mm. That is a direct function of student loans. Yes. And the other big issue, as we talked about earlier, people are not finding jobs. You know, I don't care what anybody says about the economy recovering. Upstate New York, where you and I live, has not recovered. I mean, we, you know, think about when I moved here in 76, there was sixty to 70,000 Kodak jobs, twenty-five to 30,000 Xerox jobs, fifteen to 20,000 Bausch & Lomb jobs. They are all gone, and they haven't been replaced. I don't care what you know anybody says. So the reason you go to college is to find a job, launch a career, better said. Yes. That's not happening. I was reading the other day where 51% of college graduates in the last three years are unemployed or working at jobs don't require a degree. There's a huge amount of people out there underemployed or working for a lot less than they should be making. One of the one of the reasons for that is we found in our uh, interaction with our thousands of clients is colleges are not good at finding kids jobs. And they, they almost don't look at it as that's part of their purview. When we're talking about this tuition free. Right. It sounds so attractive, so appealing. So what's the controversy around it? Why do so many people hate it? Well, are I think talking bad about well, it. Well, I think, you know, it's there's a there's a natural ingrained skepticism about anything a politician says. But I think there's unintended consequences. Let's first look at the facts. So what do we need to qualify? And then mm-hmm. what are the rules? What are the guidelines? Well, I've read the bill multiple times. Okay. The bill is embedded in the budget. OK, so you can't change. I don't care what anybody says. You can't change what the bill says. Right. So there's a limited amount of funding in that bill unless they go unless the state legislator and governor goes back and change the budget. This is what it is. Okay. It's for families that make less than $100,000 a year uh, has have a student attending either a community college or a SUNY school. Okay. So that's basically the outline. What the bill says is our goal is to make this tuition free, tuition not room and board, tuition free for students in that category making under 100,000 a year. Now, when you when you actually drill down into the bill, and look at the business the way we do, look at college uh, attendance the way we do, if you're making less than forty or $50,000 a year in New York State, 
you you pretty much are going tuition free because you're you qualify for something called the federal Pell Grant, which mm-hmm. is fifty seven hundred dollars, and New York State TAP tuition assistance. So that's about ten or uh, ten or eleven thousand dollars. So you you if you're under forty or fifty thousand, you've got that already. You've already got it. Okay. So so now you have a window between forty or fifty and a hundred, and that's where the bill could really come into play. Now the the critical issue about that is there's only so much money in the budget. And if you said, uh, let me use a local example. If you said to the person running Brockport, we want 500 more people to go to Brockport next year, they couldn't handle that. So there's going to be a picking and a selection process that's going to go on. And what we think, there's a couple major ramifications of the bill that we've seen already because we're really plugged into the college market. One is we think it's going to preclude some people from attending SUNY schools because the SUNY schools are going to become more selective now. They have to do that because there's a limited amount of money in the budget. Forget about the schools. It's money in the budget that can be deployed for this. But the second thing is it's creating real chaos with private colleges because they're looking at it as the potential to draw some of their incoming applicants away or admittees away. So, you know, it's it's really created a lot of chaos in the college market, and 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 this this could not be helped. But as part of the budget process in April, that's when the bill was, you know, first publicized, and, right. and now it's now it's going into play. It's going. Uh, it's actually being implemented. But that was the worst time in the world. You can you can upset a college uh, apple cart because that's April May first is when students are supposed to make their final decision where they're going to attend. Yeah. So if if now you throw this whole chaos in there, well, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to go where I originally intended to go. I want to go someplace else. So it's it's a little bit of a challenge. Was that strategy? Everything's no, calculated. Well, I don't, no, I know, you don't think honestly, so? Honestly, okay. normally I'm more cynical than you about that. But <laughs> but no, but I, you know, the budget process in this state is, okay. is horrifically, you know, it's just slow. So, but what, what really, some of the unintended consequences that we talked about earlier are, one is, you know, it throws everybody back in the pot, if you will, saying, where am I going to go to college? The second thing is they put some hooks in the bill, like if you take the Excelsior program uh, money, the, the Excelsior program scholarship, you must work in New York State for four years after you graduate. Okay. But you must graduate on time, and that's a real that's very problematic in this state. You must graduate, uh, you have to take 30 credits a year, which is very difficult for a lot of people to do. I mean, that's, you know, that's hard to do. I mean, that's a full-time load for four years, and we, we find that... The, the average, actually, in New York State is a four-year degree takes five-plus five years to get. So, wait a minute, but don't you have to have... Is this why everybody is so um, up in arms about this and not embracing it is because of these guidelines? Right. But There's don't some, you need guidelines? Otherwise, everybody is going to... Oh, absolutely. I, no, the guidelines are not at fault. It's, it's whether people can qualify for the guidelines. If, if I said to you, Sandy, I'll hire you, but you have to be 6'3", that I don't care how hard you try, you're not going to be six three, and that's kind of what. But these the, are achievable guidelines. They I mean, are. It's almost, they are with a focused, motivated student, and and that's where you know the. Those are the kids we want. Those are the kids we want. Those are the kids that can make it happen. Now, if you don't make those guidelines, okay, live in New York State for four years, graduate yeah. on time, take yeah. a full load, and it's got to be passing. You can't fail anything. Then it, your Excelsior scholarship monies revert to a loan. So now you graduate with all that money in loans, and that's, you know, now you have to pay it back. So, At a different interest rate than you normally well, would? Is there the anything there where you zero, get zero percent. I, okay. I am a little suspect about that. I, I don't know if anybody's going to lend zero interest rate money, but they may. So right now it's up to $100,000, but then over the course of three years, it's right? It's going to be 110 and then 125, exactly. So there are certain people that still will fall outside oh, yeah. of that window. 
are there any way loopholes that we could take advantage of to make sure, you know, like contributing more to your 401k is one sure, way? Sure. Well, you know, we, we talked about this last time you and I chatted. I mean, savings is always good. But, you know, one of the, one of the most unique ways to save for college, believe it or not, is to pay down your mortgage. Because the mortgage is not, unless you go to a real exclusive school, your your house equity is not categorized against you. If you have money in savings, you know the formula. The way the formula is written, is they can they count that kind of, if you will, against your student or the family. So that we we urge people to uh, invest in five twenty nine plans, okay. not so much unified trust or unified gifts for minors, but five twenty nine plans are great, and your home equity is t- terrific. When we're talking about, okay, maybe we make 130000 So right. in 2019, my kid's going to go off to school. I'm $5,000, too much money that yep. we bring in. How can I bring down that AGI to make it look like... Well, there's some tax, there's some real tax implications that you can put into play that, yeah. would, that would lower your AGI. There's no question about that. You know, Are there some suggestions right, that well, you can... Well, dividends are important. You know, where you're investing, where you're getting... Dividend money is not necessarily... Uh, Attributed against your adjusted gross income, there anything tax free, you know, is not a contributor to your uh, adjusted gross income. So more money to charity, you know, any way you can reduce that adjusted gross income, okay, is really important. Okay, and as a couple, it doesn't matter if you file separate or joint. Only in the situation of divorce, right? Depending on who the custodial parent is. Um, speaking of the five twenty nine college savings plan. Is there any negative to that? Is it rolling the dice, you know, hoping your kid does indeed go to college? Well, the advantage of the 529 plan, like you with two children, you can you can cascade or domino the money down to the second child. So if, you're, if your first child does not want to go to college, you can take all his or her money and domino it down to the second child. You can also cascade it back up. So if the if the converse doesn't work, your second child is not going to go to college. Then you can you can take her money and cascade it up to the other child. So there's some and it, it, you know the rules are pretty liberal about what you can use it for. Like our you know our fee is is a is an it can be considered a qualified expense, educational oh, expense. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. But the great thing about it, it's tax deferred, right? So you you know you you don't pay taxes on it if you use it for educational expense. That was the the, the you know the reason it was set up. So it's really it's a great way to save. But the and reason, you get a tax break when it yeah, comes, every time right. you contribute to it, the exactly. money that you contribute exactly. to it, you're, it's helping our, you at tax our, time. Our rule of thumb is if you can afford it, is to uh, you know to maximize it every year. Okay. Maximize your 529 uh, contribution. I'm be honest with you, it makes me nervous though. I have, yes, been setting aside money for college, but the 529 plan, man, I don't want to deal with the penalties if they don't go to school. You know what, so, you know what, Sandy, we ran into a situation recently where, and I, I, I mean, I've been doing this 13 years. I think I've heard it all, but this is a unique situation. Here's a family who, who borrowed, you know, your, your children can't borrow money. They don't have a credit score, right? So yeah. you have to co-sign, you or your spouse have to co-sign yeah. for them. So this family did this for their kids. Uh, they have multiple children. Uh, they're now in their 60s. The kids aren't making the money. You know, they fall into the category I was I was uh, alluding to, where they're not making the money they they hope to make. So some of them can't pay their loans back. So the the parents are still paying the loans back for them. Oh jeez! And the kids are mad at the parents because they didn't tell them they borrowed the money. So you know, everybody did everything the right way, and now there's this tension in the family that's oh, palpable. Yeah, it's really sad. People. What well, one of the things we say, which is a, a real important factor of our uh, of our process. We want the parents and students to sit down and everybody understands where the money's coming from for college. 
And here's the reason we do that. Because, you know, you're a great mom, but I'm, you're, it's going to be very difficult for you when your daughter's 17 to have a discussion about how hard it is to pay back 60, 70, 80, $100,000. They, they just can't comprehend. I don't care how bright they are. You know, you've made payments. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in that rowboat, it's tough to row. So we want everybody on the same page before they go to college, or before they select a college, knowing how much those schools are going to cost and where the money's coming from after they graduate including the contribution of the student. Because if, if, if the student walks away from that meeting saying, oh, my mom and dad are going to pay it back, that's the situation yeah. I, I just described, mm-hmm. that's terrible. It's horrific. And okay. these people are in their 60s. They'll never retire. In fact, they have to sell their house and downsize to help pay back the student loans. I mean, nobody went into that uh, dynamic thinking that was going to happen. And yeah. it's, communication is key Communication talk is about huge. College. Okay. Huge. So 529 plan, your thumbs up about the 529 Thumbs plan. up about that and home equity. you got to remember, okay. now, we've had the lowest, I mean, when I moved back to Pittsburgh back in the 80s, I had an 18% mortgage. People look at me like, 18%? <laughs> we've had 3 and 4% mortgages, yeah. right? So with the home equity lines of credit still as low as they are, that's a great vehicle if you've built up your home equity to take some of that money out and pay for college. One last thing about the 529 that you can... If your child says no, you can pass it down to the next kid. If you're that kid says no, you can pass it down to grandkids. Right, grandkids, right. You can, okay. Very flexible. Uh, but you cannot do that on unified trust for minors, which okay. is locked into the student, or unified gift for minors. A okay. lot of times we hear grandparents say, I want to make my granddaughter a gift. And uh, I've been advised to put it in a unified gift for minors. You know, it's it's locked into that child. Okay. That's that. You don't have that flexibility for that, and that's become a little more passe among financial planners. They they don't advocate that as much. Okay, as Okay, so use. the five twenty, the New York five twenty nine plan. You have to make sure it's the New York five twenty nine yep. to get that tax break at the end of the year. Okay, so you were saying there's almost like a sweat equity. You got to repay this if you do qualify for the the free tuition. You have to pay it back with staying in New York four years, four years, or w- the duration of whatever you yeah. use went to college for, right? right? Is that really a bad thing? There's a lot of people who poo-poo that, but is that really a bad thing? Well, I, that's probably a better question to ask in January when it's snowing sideways and it's 10 below zero. <laughs> but no, I, you know, well, you we and I, uh, listen, stay. I love living here. I, yeah. I think this is the greatest place. I've lived a lot of places. I love Rochester, New York. However, when you're 22 years old, 22 years old, and you've been to, you know, vacation in California and Hawaii or Florida, you know, and, and it is January and it's, you know, it just... It's personal preference, but I, I think it's important that when you go into this, just like with any borrowing, you know what you're committing to. Yeah. And, and I think a bigger issue, Sandy, than living there for four years, honestly, is people getting through in, in, in time. Because oh, on time. If, really. But if, won't that help? Won't that encourage a student to stay focused? It will if they can get to classes. See, what's happened in SUNY and community colleges are there's such a big, I think there's going to be even an increased uh, admissions bubble so therefore, the classes are going to get bigger and bigger. I was over at the University of Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, and the incoming freshman uh, English class 101 was 400 kids. So if you can't get the appropriate courses in the, in the right sequence, you mm. can't get through in time. So it, so you're going to have okay, to go to school. That's your excuse. I'm okay with that. But you hear the stories about the kids that I partied too hard. Oh, yeah. Freshman year, right. and now I've lost focus, and it's going to take me six years to graduate. Well, one of the things we tell our clients is, you know, don't take a full load that first semester because there's so, so many changes. You're, you know, you're away from home. You, yeah, you have to work. This plan, you have to. You have to, and that's what, or you got to make it up. So it's, you know, it's tough to take 18 credits in a semester. I mean, if you're making it up. So 
that's one of the reasons. Like, you know, it's interesting. Colleges today, they talk about six-year graduation rates. Nobody publicizes four-year graduation rates. And the financial aid package says we're proud of the fact that 61% of our students graduate in under six years. Now, that's the byproduct of that is 29% graduate in over six years. Nobody sends their, their student to a college thinking it's going to be more than six years to graduate. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. It's a discipline that, that you need to observe, but I'm not sure everybody can make it. So who's going to pay for this? Is somebody else going to have to make up for that cost, for that money that's being given to these people? Well, if you listen to the colleges, they're saying, we don't have the money to pay for this. So it's got to come from somebody. Now, the, the money, with the way the bill is written... Uh, there was, I think, 360 million memory serves me right in the budget to pay for this, but that's a, a drop in a bucket. If so many, if if the amount of people apply for this that could apply, you you don't have the resources to fund it. Is it going to affect the kids that now are outside of that income window, and they're going to have to pay more in their tuition to well, cover the it's cost already of happened. other kids? It's already happened. The SUNY schools have already raised their tuition. I think I think it's really going to impact the private schools. Now think about if you're running a private school admission department here in Rochester. All of a sudden, 30 of the people that you were counting on to come in in next year falls freshman class say, I'm going to a SUNY school. That creates a real dilemma for people. So I think a bigger issue is the logistics. So if, you just can't add 100 beds overnight, right? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you source for the incoming flow of new people? And I, I think when the bill was written, nobody really thought that went through. So it's going to be harder to get into colleges. I think it's going to be harder to get in because they're going to... The co- Which that actually might not be a bad that thing. That might not be a bad thing. So, and, and it'll make, it'll it'll ensure that people are committed to graduating on yes. time. Yes, and which might not be a bad thing. That's now, a, no. easier said on this side of it where I'm already done with college. No, but, but, but I think that's a good thing. I, you know, I, you know, what we, if I, if I boil down what we've learned in 13 years, what we are as a consulting company for colleges, we tell people the truth. And, and most... If you think about colleges and the whole college process, nobody's looking at this thing like a huge consumer investment like we look at it. We look at it, we say to families, hey, you realize this is like buying another house? This isn't something to be done lightly. Yeah. And you're doing it with borrowed money for the most part. You know, that you hope and pray your student's going to help you pay back. Yeah, you're right. You have to think about this pragmatically. What is the most financially wise way to approach this? And it's hard to fight the urge to apply for that college that's going to give you the biggest bragging rights. The cocktail talk and the social. Everybody brags. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, you know, I know a kid that got a full ride. Well, we've been doing this for 13 years. We've had two full rides. It just doesn't happen. And, and, you know, there's so much money placed on uh, travel, sports and everything. That's just, uh, you know, a myth. I mean, people don't make a lot of money in sports. And yet they spend a lot of money hoping their kid will be the one in a million that gets money. So there's a lot of myths about college. And I think a lot of them are propagated because there's not people around like us that look at it in a very cynical way. So the New York tuition-free college program, is this going to finally start to bring down college tuition overall? I, I think it's it's a step in the right direction, but there are so many unintended consequences the way it's written right now. I don't know if we can predict that. I do know one thing. If, I, if I'm running a private school, I'm really concerned about this because it's going to take some quality people that I would like as incoming freshmen, and it's going to remove them from the uh, application pool. Is that income bracket, is that income level appropriate do you feel the 100 grand 100 grand then in 2019 125 well, you know uh well the hundred thousand dollars 
if you look at the financial formula the way it's written, this is a, something called the FAFSA free application for federal aid, federal student aid. If you make $100,000, you have one child in college, just roughly, mm-hmm. your expected family contribution for college is about $24,000 a year. So that means with that formula, you can pay totally for Geneseo or Brockport or Cortland or Albany today. So now if, you, if you're under 100, so now you're 99,000, you qualify for the Excelsior program. Yes, that, that, that would mean you, you're going to get $6,700 off the price of that 25000 So it's a good thing. It's not totally free because you do have no. to pay room and board, but a discount is a discount. Oh, yeah. Room and board is, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000. So it's a great way to go to school. I mean, it's a great step in the right direction. I, I wish a little more thought had been given about how much money you need to fund it. I wish there had been a little bit more of a warning for the schools. Because as I say, being announced in April, it was like a ready, fire, aim. Wow, this is out there now. Uh, and yeah. I don't think the schools are ready to handle it. And I, and I know if I'm running a private school, a private college, I'm, I'm petrified. Because I, where am I going to get the money? I mean, the state's talking about maybe helping me a little. But boy, you know, it's hard to put that, that cow back in the barn once it's out. You know, it's, it's yeah. going to be difficult. Overall, though, it's hard to it's hard to see the future as far as college tuition overall. Well, everybody talks about it. Everybody talks. See, in my opinion, as long as we have unlimited funding borrowing for college, which you have, uh, I I was with one of our clients the other night, and he sells cars, and he said, so I was asking him about what what kind of a credit score it takes to get a car. He said, well, if you're buying a ten thousand dollar car, if you're breathing, I can get you a loan. You know, just basically, yeah. you, know, you know, if you're buying a fifty thousand dollar car, it's a little more challenging. But that's not the case in college. I mean, you know, you can we can find you loans for any college because everybody, the premises, everybody's going to use the college money for something good, not a car where it can rust out and drive it over a cliff and, you know, yeah. repossess it. The problem is what we all assume is going to happen once the student graduates college is not guaranteed and it doesn't happen. So now you've got people going to college thinking, assuming they're going to get a great job when they graduate. Mm -hmm. And that's a false assumption, in my opinion. We just, you know, the average person changes majors four times. Many school, many students go to school. Four times during the college. Many students go to school undeclared. Man, I I, I say to kids, when they say, well, I'm going to be undeclared for the first year, I'm going to say, then you're wasting your money because you don't know what you want to do. And you should not be going to college on borrowed money if you don't know what you want to do. We work very hard with our clients trying to instill in a student what do you want to do with your life 10 years after you graduate? Not not the first job, but what do you want your life to look like 10 years from now? And it's yeah. very important to have that conversation with a student. Mom, why are you asking me this? I'm 17. Why should I even be yeah. thinking about what I want to do when I'm 27? You know why? Because we're borrowing the money for college, and that's why I'm borrowing the money so you can get where you want to be in 10 years. And that you comes, want to be part of that. What did you say? How many, how many trillion dollars? <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, $1.4 trillion. I mean, oh, it's, it's crazy. Now, if the government makes so much money off of these loans, like mm-hmm. you cited in the beginning yep. of the podcast, how does this benefit the government then if they're offering free college tuition? The government wants to do the right thing. I think whenever you 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 know you bring a, a bureaucratic operation to something, the, their idea is, well, if we throw money at it, it'll get better. I really believe if, if there was a chokehold on the loan process, Colleges would have to lower their prices. The reason colleges can raise their prices, remember what I said, when we started this 20 grand, 13 years ago, now they're 40, 50. The reason the prices have gone up, and nobody's got those kind of raises in in Western New York. The reason they've gone up is because people will borrow the money. I, I, you know. So is this not the answer then? Is the answer really putting a limit? I think if there was a chokehold 
on borrowing money for college, it would it would slow the whole process down. But like, I, I don't think know. there needs to be that to help more people. Wouldn't that help more people? Let's be honest. People who make one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like you're well oh, off. But no. if you have multiple kids, no, yeah. you're still that's still. Plus, a you're not taking home one hundred twenty five, Sandy. You know, it's that's, well, that's, exactly. Yeah, especially in New York State, right? We have forty percent tax. So you still need a break when it comes to college tuition. Well, so it's I think not it, fair to those. You families. know what it's like, though. It's like uh, anything you and I have seen in our life. What colleges use scholarships for is an artificial discount, just like car dealers do, right? I mean, the sticker price says fifty five, but if you buy it today, it's forty six. It's the whole process has become artificial discounting. So it's like my wife, when she goes to Von Moore, she only goes to one rack. At least this is what she tells me. The sale <laughs> rack, right? No, but but you know what I mean, yeah. right? I mean, great stuff. But why would you go to the yeah. full price rack? It right? almost hurts. You'll get to a point where if you start looking for the real price, it almost hurts to pay full price. Oh, it does. It does. And my wife is a, I, I kid her, she's a professional shopper. She goes to TJ Maxx and Marshalls and she goes to the sales rack. And, and I, you know, and she, anyway, but but that's, that's what we say about colleges. Be an intelligent consumer. Yeah. Look at other schools. And you know, the biggest impediment to that is your daughter's contemporaries and, and the buzz that goes around the high school. Where are you going? And and it's like you know, walking around with the designer handbag. Exactly right, Michael Kors. Right? It's like you got you have to take the emotion out of the college decision, and most people do not do that. And it, it you know, and I've raised two sons. I remember how emotional. I yeah. have to have a Nike glove or Nike sneaks yeah. or whatever. It's a very difficult conversation to have. In fact, I was with a family uh, last yesterday, and great people, very bright young man, and she had a list of schools that was like. The Cadillac, the Lexus, the Acura. And I said, I said, you know something? Why don't you take advantage of your son's intelligence and go to a school that really wants him and will give him a thirty dollars or $40,000 scholarship? That's the way we look at the world. But I can tell you, you're fighting that emotional Michael Kors battle when you mm-hmm. do that. In fact, if you say to a young person, you know, just have this conversation with your daughter. Have you ever thought about going a year to a community college? It's like, mom, what's the matter? Do you think I'm not? Community college is one of the great ways to beat the system. You got to be focused. You got and and by the way, the Excelsior program works for community colleges too. But it's a tough fight. I mean, we we say to kids all the time, you're worth more when you transfer than you are when you go right out of high school, it, and they don't want to hear it. You it know, doesn't matter where where you go. The first it doesn't few matter. Years. In fact, it doesn't matter honestly where you get your bachelor's degree. I mean, that's Sandy. When was the last time somebody asked you where, where you graduated from? Right? You and I have been talking yeah. five or six times. I've, I don't Do you even, even know. know. No. <laughs> Same with me, right? Same so, for Yeah. And but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's You're not right. hanging on the wall here. I don't see it any place, right? I I actually wish people would ask my GPA because I did very well in did school you? and not one person ever has asked me. I got a four Does it matter to you? No. Cindy, did they do you remember if they asked that when you interviewed? I, it's a funny story because I remember the day I walked into work and I was part time here at the station and I was so proud to announce that I got a four and made the dean's list. And you know what my boss said to me? I didn't do any better than a 2.0, and I'm your boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that put it into perspective for me. Okay. Paul Selich from College Assistance Plus, return on investment. It is time you dedicated your time to this podcast. What is the big financial nugget you can leave us with? There's a couple of points. First of all, with respect to the Excelsior program, absolutely be certain as you as a parent and your students understand the guidelines. You need to graduate on time. You need to pass every uh, every course you take, and you need to be committed to staying in New York for four years, or else that all flips to a loan. So you've kind of defeated what you just invested in, and that's easier said than done. The second thing is, 
if you're potentially looking at a private college, maybe you can use the, your Excelsior opportunity to go back to that private college and say, could you possibly sharpen your pencil because you may lose me to the Excelsior program in a SUNY school. So oh, that's a big opportunity. to negotiate exactly, with colleges. Right. Exactly. That's what we do. We love having you in. Paul Selich from College Assistance Plus, collegeassistanceplus.com. Thank you so much. What do you love to do? What are your strengths? What do you excel at? Now, how can you capitalize on your talents? What you love doing and are good at, you can turn into money-making opportunities. And we're going to help you next week. We're going to cash in with the expert professional athlete and local soccer star who also is the founder of the Doug Miller Soccer Academy, DMS. Doug Miller will be on with us. The man who is always positive, always looking and seeking new opportunities, money-making opportunities. Hopefully, you'll be inspired next week on Seven Figures at Seven Figures Pod on Twitter. And thanks for subscribing to iTunes and Google Play.